Matt. Hey, Peter. I'm sorry for my one-year-old roaring in the background. He was. Now he isn't. But it's okay. I was telling you I've had enough to know exactly what this age is like. He knows Lion in both Danish and English, though, so it's pretty cool. <laughs> mm. Well, come. he knows that both words kind of triggers a roar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're... Um, uh, the expressiveness of the kid starts to catch up to their size and, and they just become this fountain of sounds and noises and expressions, physical and vocal. And you're just... It's like one of those fireworks where you light it and what are they called they're like fountains you put them on the ground they just spark everywhere yeah. <laughs> that's, that's like yeah one to three my when uh, when we had him my we got like a name or like a train where each card was a letter in his name like a wooden train little thing mm-hmm. and we joked that it's like we 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 got on the the you know his train basically Mm. and uh, oh, yeah. it definitely feels like we're on the journey now like we're just passengers and we just get to you know do whatever <laughs> and hear whatever yeah. and see whatever <laughs> yeah for sure you are you are on the train and um yeah and thus you will stay on the train for a while uh the ne- <laughs> next uh next station is years from now so enjoy the ride <laughs> yeah i guess <laughs> you're doing great you're doing great yeah good to see you again How's your week you uh, with your week up up to a good start off to a slow start um we had family visiting from out of town which was nice to see them we haven't seen them in years um but slow start for that reason spent most of yesterday just hanging out with them having kind of a late breakfast and then uh we have other family in town so we all, all got together for a little family get together and yeah that's um so it's been uh, a lot of activity but haven't done a ton of work yet i did a little bit of product management yesterday hence my tweet this morning about linear (laughs) um but that's just this week i think last week was pretty pretty productive by comparison so far but yeah i was about to say as i learned recently Apparently, Americans start the week one day before Europeans. But you don't really write because you take the first day off, which is Sunday <laughs> for you. Right, right. That's right. Yeah, Sunday is the first day of the week, um, which is strange like that. But uh, just depends how you treat your Sunday. <laughs> Some of us get a little bit ready for the week mentally or whatever. It, it helps to do a little bit of preparation on Sunday night, I found, just mentally at least. But. Yeah. yeah, I do that, and I I did that this week actually. Mm. I uh, I even coded a bit Sunday night. Oh, it's been a long time since that has happened. What were you coding? Our Zapier integration. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm. Uh, what what's what keeps me busy these these days? <laughs> yeah, amongst other things. That's so. Um, do you want to do an update? We should. I uh, do you want me to go first? Sure, or would you like to go first? You can go ahead. <laughs> I'm trying to think what what should go in my update. Um, mm. well, I can go first if you need time. Oh, okay, no, you're ready okay. already. Okay, I'm okay. <laughs> uh, we launched a few features, um, on the maker side, and uh, some of them. One of them is really exciting. I just tweeted about it today. Twitter was dead today. Like no one <laughs> or everyone just decided to ignore me. Um, <laughs> but compared to normal, Twitter seemed very quiet today. But anyways, I was trying to tweet about <laughs> some stuff we launched, which was um, we implemented something uh, called OMBED. When when other companies or other products implement OMBED, mm. they basically make a version of whatever they serve, like a video or a tweet or a podcast episode or a GIF or a slide deck or whatever uh, embeddable. Okay. Yeah. So you can put that basically in an iframe on your end using this OEMBED standard. Okay. And we started looking at it and there, there's a few things to it. And you start to realize that you probably need some sort of proxy server to make that work with cores and stuff like that. 
um, which we didn't feel like um, implementing and setting up just to have this this feature. So I remembered that I'd seen other SaaS tools that offered this as a service, basically. So basically like a, an intelligent iframe as a survey that supports IM, uh, OMBET. Hmm. And uh, we found one called iframely that was seemed tried and tested. It's 10 years huh. old. And uh, it's 10 years old, but their website looks really good. So it made yeah. me feel good about picking them. It, yeah, they didn't cool. look like they were 10 years old. <laughs> and um, I remember seeing them years ago. So Bjorn was able to build that in less than a day, I think. He did like wow. a quick prototype and then he kind of redid it in a more like, you know, TDD oriented fashion. Yeah. And it works really well. So we just released it. And yeah, I posted some videos and screenshots and stuff on Twitter. But now you can basically just paste a link to whatever is su supports OEMBED um, and is supported by iframely because they have sort of a whitelist. This is the other thing like you don't want people to embed malicious stuff on a form <laughs> on your domain. So um, it's nice that they have this whitelist of stuff uh, that they know is like, a, a, you know, a provider that you can trust. So um, we have that nice. now. I'm really excited about it. It's like, it's one of those things where it's not something people were, at least not a lot of people were asking for. And it's not it's not super clear what the main use case is going to be for it, but it's just something that's it has the potential to be really fun. And then it allows people to be super creative. Like it's not really, well, I'm just, what I'm trying to say is like, I'm really curious to see what people come up with for this. So like, I didn't have a specific use case in mind. I have a few for myself that I want to use it for. Um, like if we are launching something, I want to do early access pages for it. I would add a video. Um, mm -hmm. so it becomes a landing page for that thing that you're in early access for, but I am, we sort of released it more as a, let's, let's make this available and see if people come up with something cool, because it didn't take much to have this feature and it's, there's not really, there's not much of a limit to what people can do with it. And, um, hmm. I'm really curious to see if some people use it in a creative way, basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm on their website. I'm trying to get my head around it. So is it, it you're, you guys are using it to allow your users to put rich content into their forms yeah. somewhere as a content block. And yeah. the benefit is iFramely takes care of, uh, they are allowed to essentially just, um, are you just giving them like a text input field? to put the URL that they want to embed. Yeah, we, so we just we just store on our end, we store a URL and then we give that URL to iframely when we want to render it. And then they Got basically it. decide how that gets rendered or if it even or if it get, gets rendered at all. Mm. So hmm. if it's some malicious uh, website oh, or something, they wouldn't render yeah. it. If it's uh, if it's a tweet, they render a tweet. If it's uh, okay, if it's a YouTube video, they render a YouTube uh, video embed. Huh. Interesting. So yeah, and part... I just pasted in some random things like a, a URL from the out of beta website, and it just worked. It just became a podcast player on a form. <laughs> okay, that's really cool. That's really cool for you guys because you just delegated, you know, some endless number of HTML presentation right work or choices yeah we don't um, have to support gifs now right <laughs> just right. send people to giphy or whatever huh that's really cool it's that suggested and provider it's it's yeah it's just they're just taking care of the iframe and the rendering of the embed very cool and the the security around it the course and then um yeah it allows people to do like you know those kinds of video where you're like, you point to the bottom and like put in your name and email and then, you know, it's right in front of the name and email fields. Right. Very cool. Yeah. I'm excited about it. Hmm. We, uh, we have our two week shipping cadence right now. Um, there's an interesting podcast that, um, uh, Ben and Derek on, on art of product did with Adam Weathen recently about shape up. And um, 
it yeah, made me good. really want to start doing six week cycles as mm-hmm. it's like the original shape up thing. But I think, I think it's actually still too early for us. Mm. I really like our cadence and it's kind of tied into our marketing as well. Cause we do a product update email every, every two weeks. And we kind of, we, we shape our week, we, you know, our uh, each plan or each cycle based on what we want to put in that update basically. So like embedding on what was one thing that we wanted to ship next or within um, the next product update. Um, and that's, that's kind of how we're thinking about it. And I think we are missing out on some of the bigger projects, but I also just can't prioritize really big projects right now. That takes too long. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's just more valuable right now. It seems more valuable right now just to have a high cadence of shipping little things and and sharing them i guess in theory we could have six week cycles and then just kind of you know chop them up (laughs) into smaller uh features but then i don't really know what the point is right um, yeah this week we also added a bunch of small smaller things um that is probably going to go in in the update this week but we we did end up getting a bit derailed this week and uh, it was kind of frustrating last week as well actually um like there's something that's frustrating me a little bit which is this feeling that i have that we're starting to kind of run into some i don't know if scalability issues is the right way to to say it but it's like for example um we have a csv export feature in reform and okay. it's very very basic like that one wasn't really even unit tested <laughs> which is something we normally we normally test everything but this mm-hmm. one was like okay let's just put it in there and see if people even use it and then we can build it in a better way and okay. then um we had someone who did like a, a t-shirt giveaway at a big online conference and and they got the most uh, responses ever in a reform besides our like test forms that we hammer every minute with form submissions mm-hmm. and the the csv export didn't like that <laughs> they didn't like mm. the amount of uh, the combination of uh, submissions and um you know answers within each submissions or fields uh, questions okay in each submission yeah so it just it just died <laughs> whenever you tried uh exporting that form and then the other thing was um, they had, because we don't have an official way right now to close it down a form, they had just removed all the fields. And we don't, we wouldn't, you know, we don't delete any data just because you you, you changed the form, obviously. Okay. Um, but it right, made right. it really hard for us to map those answers to form fields that were no longer there. And we do store some data about the form field, like what the que- like we store, for example, the question they answered and the, mm-hmm. what the ID of the block, of the, you know, in the in the form was originally. Mm-hmm. But if this if that block is no longer there, it's hard for us to really map anything. Yeah, so that ended up taking at least half a day <laughs> to come up with a solution for, mm. and um, and it's just it wasn't in our plan, and you know we do. Uh, these two week cycles and and if Bjorn and I together spend half a day like that's like five percent of the time in that cycle that went to that one email from a customer about something that didn't work right and we just keep getting more and more of these things of like stuff that I mean the 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 thing is just like the product is getting more and more complicated Mm -hmm. and the date the amount of data is getting bigger <laughs> so mm. like we have a lot of test forms so and we don't right now we don't delete a lot of the test data so there's like close to a million responses in the database right now or something like that and it you know there's always there's all like when we if we want to change something like there's always someone on a reform like there's never almost never a time and if i look in the analytics when there's no one online mm. on any form. So it's just oh, wow. like, it's just started to get more serious. Yeah. Yeah. And, I think, um, yeah. I mean, if you have to change something, you're, you're talking about, you know, the proverbial change in the tires in the cars, it's going down the street now, as opposed to, right. And that's how it's, <laughs> how it's starting to feel. Right. Yep. Yep. And, 
and 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 it's it's causing us to be more and more like nervous <laughs> every mm. time we have to change something mm-hmm. like we keep asking ourselves like okay is this like is this does this have a database migration does this change anything like in the data or can we just roll it back if we see bad stuff like in the in the error tracking or something yeah um and it's 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 not great for like our shipping cadence which is something i really i really try to protect <laughs> mm. and also like we picked DigitalOcean uh, app platform to uh, as our um hosting provider which was a which was a mistake basically and um i thought because it been it's been around for a few years and I, I could tell that a lot of people were use, was using it I thought it was more mature um but it's not so mm. it's like it's pretty clear that we'll we'll have to move away from it pretty soon um stuff like deployments is really really painful which is another problem like so if we deploy something that's prop like that breaks something it's gonna take us it, like it's it's not uh it's it's not it's it's non-trivial <laughs> to roll hmm. it back or to because it's just, it takes a long time and it's huh. so it's it's stressing us it's adding extra stress yeah but like trying to migrate the whole thing to another thing and learn a new technology we also picked it because we were already using DigitalOcean and kind of knew our way around the tool mm-hmm. or their their platform so you know and and I'm, I can just see something like that take months to like move us to something else, right? And then you start to think about like, okay, maybe maybe the part of the app where form submissions come in should just be its own standalone thing, so that yeah. it can just live independently and just receive form submissions no matter what happens to the rest of the app. And then maybe we could move that first. But like it, it. My point is just it starts to become pretty complicated. Which is fine. Like I'm not, I'm not scared about the technical challenges in this. Like I've, I've worked on a lot of projects like this with high volume and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, it's not what I want to spend my time on right now. Of course. <laughs> so that's that's kind of what's causing me stress because, you know, we're not even at ramen profitable. And reform was kind of a an experiment almost to be like, okay, let's see, let's see how fast we can grow this. Let's see if it, anyone wants it. Um, but now we have more than a hundred paying customers. We have like fifteen hundred free users or something like that. And so we don't have a whole lot of revenue. Like we have a you know a few thousand dollars in revenue right now, monthly revenue, mm-hmm. which is is fine. But it's like I I hope to have these challenges a bit later, <laughs> like maybe when we were closer to ramen or something like that. Right. So yeah. It's just something that's kind of causing a bit of stress right now mm-hmm. when I want to use my time on growth, but it's, it's, <laughs> I think he is roaring now in the background. <laughs> I am, you know, I, it, the, the problem is that when I'm thinking about growth and when we're thinking about shipping fast, mm-hmm. we have something that's kind of encouraging us to not do that. Because we know, okay, if we get more customers, we have more of these problems. That's right. Yeah. There so, is no um, better time than now. Yeah. There, yeah. I mean, I don't think there will be a better time than now. <laughs> like, that's the reality, <laughs> right? It's a, it later isn't, later is only better if there's things you don't know that you'll know then. But mm. you're not going to be less busy. And you're not going to have fewer users and fewer customers. So, you know, and, and the amount you'll disappoint or frustrate people is only going to go up if you have continued issues. So, I mean, I'll talk about it in my update, but coincidentally, we're we're making an attempt to move off of Heroku right now for similar-ish reasons. Um, but I, because I, I don't, I think you have something that's working. You know, this is this is a good time to invest in improving the foundation. So, but there is a is a question of momentum because some of these problems are just like they're not they're they're not something you fix in a week, mm. and that's just scary when you're just two people. So, yep, yeah, we did actually talk about today that we wanted to do like a 
at the end of each two week cycle, we want to do a day that's like a maintenance day where we can just do stuff that makes it, us feel better <laughs> about the state mm -hmm. of things, like, you know, improve the deployment pipeline or add some extra tests or refactor a, a part of the code that's kind of causing stress or, you know, test the backups or something like that. Just like, mm -hmm. cause I think, I think it's okay. Like, I don't think anything is falling apart. Like we're on, we, I don't think we're dropping any submissions or I know that like okay. dropping people's submissions or anything like that. So, and I would really like to just, you know, get revenue up a bit. <laughs> and I think that's the most important thing. But at this, so I think. But when does that argument end? You know, that's my. Yeah. Isn't that always true? <laughs> like, yeah. what, what's going to be, what's going to be different or better at that point? I think in my mind, there's like a mental, there's a mental flip around when reform becomes uh, ramen profitable or just profitable in general, because then it's like, then I know I can keep doing this. So then. It's, it's in a different way or in a different sense it's worth fixing this because now i know yeah it can i completely understand my job. that right okay so is it it's actually a function of runway in a sense yeah but you okay. could also argue like let's say we we plateau at 5k but then bjorn and i decides let's keep it running because it's like a nice little side thing and it makes makes us you know two and a half grand a month and that, that's like a nice you know pays for the mortgage and a few other things mm -hmm. kind of thing and then actually my first step would be okay let's fix all these things so it actually can go into maintenance mode without us fixing stuff all the time so yeah. either way we probably wanted to do it but for different reasons yep and maybe with different priorities so the argument would be doing it now would potentially well, let's just say it will it will cost you some momentum in market maybe and it will definitely cost you momentum from a product development or feature development standpoint um which you feel is now is the time to not slow down on that stuff because you have some traction yeah but then then the counter argument is if we end up slowing down anyways, because we don't fix stuff that's making us slower mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's like a boiling frock thing instead yeah. of. Yeah, that, that, that slowing down then is forced on you and you hate it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You're probably a little more stressed out and, and all of that. So the question is, can you get to a happy place? I mean, I'm all about ignoring little fires if they're not a problem, because <laughs> that's, I mean, you can't put out every fire and be a successful founder. So, that's the question is, can you get to the next waypoint while ignoring this? And will that waypoint yeah. provide you with the time or resources you need to address this better than you can right yeah. now? Yeah. So I don't, I don't need to find an answer right now, I think, but it's just to kind of share that it's something that's on my mind. Mm. The other thing is growth, as I talked about last week. And I just, uh, I, I sent you and Derek some notes that I took or shared some some progress I'd made because um, mm -hmm. I know you're a fan of the the pirate pirate metrics. The yeah, at a acquisition adoption uh, uh, two R's R A A R R R. But people have people right. have changed it a little bit over time and added other A's and other R's. <laughs> Yeah, but yes, exactly. it's always a. The only rule is A's and R's only. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I um, I had a bunch of notes about kind of stuff I wanted to work on related to growth and or like figure out, <laughs> understand better mm -hmm. about our customers and our metrics and stuff like that. There's just a ton of stuff that we weren't doing because I hadn't prioritized it yet. So like we're doing nothing to understand churn, to improve it, or we're doing very little um around seo and just like a, a lot of different things have been entirely neglected and that's how we've been able to move fast it's just like focus one thing at a time kind of thing um yeah and uh, so i in the past few weeks i've written down a lot of notes as i've kind of trying to get into this growth mindset 
-hmm. And um, I was having a hard time like figuring out kind of like how to structure that and organize those notes so that on a more like day-to-day or week-to-week basis, I could look at those and be like, okay, this is where I want to focus today's work. Um, and then, so when we do product development, we we love looking at the product-led uh, growth flywheel, um, which talks about the user journey from like an evaluator to an, I don't remember them, but then you end up becoming like an advocate and, and pulling mm-hmm. in new users. And then that's how it becomes a flywheel. Yeah. And, um, but it didn't really have the acquisition part except from like for referrals, basically. And I, so, so I was having a hard time mapping more of like the marketing stuff, traditional marketing stuff to that uh, flywheel. And then I found mm-hmm. a blog post from UserPilot where they had kind of adopted the, the pirate metric framework to more of a product led way. So instead of, what you just said, it becomes acquisition, activation, adoption, retention, revenue, revenue expansion, and referral. Mm-hmm. And so I, I set up a board in Notion and I made the columns, uh, those six uh, categories, basically. Mm-hmm. And then I, I grouped all my notes based on that. And uh, I haven't, that that's how far I've gotten so far, but it's really helped me it feels like it's really helping me kind of see where where I can I can um, do some meaningful work and be like, okay, today, like I or this week, I want to focus more on acquisition. Like, let's let's see what's what's in that column. And mm-hmm. um, some of them I tacked as I tacked them based on if they're like something I want to understand better, which might mean that I, I need to learn something or look into some stuff or add some more tracking and then uh, look at that. Or if I wanted to test something, which kind of implies that I it's like a rolling thing that I need to keep checking and 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 kind of measure or ship because some of these things are like just stuff in the product or on the website or some content I need to produce or something like that. Mm-hmm. So that's... Uh, I guess I'm making progress <laughs> on the growth <laughs> stuff, um, even though I haven't done much yet besides working on my plan. I, my next step is actually to uh, tomorrow to move into Summit and and kind of take a step back and kind of set a goal. So a, a big line in the sand for me is February, March time. Uh, okay. On March 16th, or well, on March 11th, is when we announced reform the idea and then on march 16th is when we make the first commit to the code base Mm. so i feel like that's a nice time to kind of look back and say okay we've spent a year on this how do we feel about things so i think it'd be nice to have a goal as well that's set around that time Mm -hmm. and then i can go back to my my board in notion and look at what i think makes the most sense to kind of work on right now I think acquisition is a big one, but uh, might be some stuff around retention and and adoption that I want to look at as well. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, I, I dig this. I dig this strategic view. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, just just mapping. I think the big thing is mapping product work back to the metrics that you expect that product work to improve, and yeah, not just doing it because it makes the product better because. That's yeah. kind of endless. <laughs> um, yeah, I wrote a whole document in Notion about kind of like our um, product planning and and how we how we should think about that whenever we do a new cycle. And then I completely forget that I, I write a page like that. So actually, Bjorn has been good at reminding me when we do kind of shaping meetings to be mm. like, hey, maybe we should go in and look at that thing that you wrote because I included nice. a screenshot of that product-led growth, growth flywheel. And yeah. it is really helpful. Now I'm looking at it. So the four user types are evaluators, beginners, regulars, and champions. And and it, it, it's nice to say like, okay, this cycle, we want to work on the evaluators. And then kind of what you want to do, what you want to focus on to get an evaluator to become a beginner is activation. Okay, so mm-hmm. let's let's think about like features and stuff we can work on that will help with activation. Yeah, I like that a lot. And, uh, it's really helpful like that, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yep. 
So that's me. Nice. Ross. Yeah. Cool. But uh, what's going on with you? Yeah. Uh, more customers, which is exciting. I um, saw that. You yeah. Keep updating Slack. <laughs> and I yeah. wrote all caps, Donald Trump style. Stop the count. Stop the count. Yeah. It keeps. You're catching up. They keep coming. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Well, yeah. We're, we're at a decent clip. It's pretty linear. Uh, however, we're growing faster this month than last month so far, which is all That's I awesome. care about because I actually right. want accelerating growth. I don't just want growth because I think you're always. Hopefully, you always have some growth, but I want more growth than last month is my goal and um, acceleration. So I have a pretty aggressive goal in ProfitWell. And uh, boy, his daily email keeps me on my toes. But we are just keeping our head above water slightly this month, um, huh. right at the line <laughs> of, of the goal for the month. So we'll see. Um, but we are about to send out an email that includes just a ton of product updates and improvements that we've worked on in the last 30 days. So that's going to feel good to get out. Um, just because you forget, you know, you look back 30 days and go, wow, actually we, we've, we've been pretty busy. Um, and so that'll feel good on the, maybe on the manager side, I, I spent last week thinking about, you know, what are the six or seven things we want to work on for the next year? I shared those with the team on Thursday. We talked about maybe one that we meant to include. So we added that as well. And we're kind of thinking about how to, do we want to try to squeeze that in or what? Um, but we have a 15 month roadmap now. And I know that seems crazy for a early stage company, but it, you know, we're holding these things in our hands relatively loosely. Like the thing that I expect to work on in 12 months that could change, but it just feels really good to at least say, okay, these are the top seven things that have come up again and again and again for two years now in some cases. So it's not as if we don't have a bunch of feedback from the market about what to work on, but then just laying them out in a certain order and then saying, well, as we were just discussing, what metrics do we think these things will improve? And for this quarter, we, we have been focused on activation. Um, we'll continue to do that. I think, uh, fingers crossed, I only have anecdata at this point, but we are about to do um, a, a lookup, a report, a query, whatever, of our analytics and see if this is true. But it appears that the work that we've done to improve the onboarding process and simplify templates into these scenarios has had a positive effect on first time users so you know users are spending more time with the product on their first visit than they used to and that's would seem to indicate that fewer people are having the okay i'm dizzy i don't know what to do next this is overwhelming and then they bail experience um, but we don't know that for sure yet it looks like it from the data so um, hopefully that bears out uh, and then this quarter we're also uh, as we talked about previous episode, working on uh, forms, so allowing people to turn their events into little form fields, which would be fun. Um, we think that'll help with activation as well because some users come to the app. They don't actually want to know how to write the language. They just want to use the tool, use the tool that somebody else built using Summit. Hmm. So we think that will be really exciting. Um, and then the last thing that's on the ticket uh, on the docket for this quarter because the holidays are coming. So it's it's coming up sooner than we realize is we do want to do a, uh, want to try to shift away from Heroku. So go directly to go directly to AWS. However, not super directly. We found a company called Porter, P-O-R-T-E-R, and it's porter.run, porter.run. And their platform as a service, Heroku competitor, but what's really, really cool is, and I've never, I haven't seen anybody else like this. You set up an AWS account directly. You don't go through them. They're not your AWS bill as a proxy, right? They don't proxy your AWS bill. You do get a direct bill from Amazon, but they are your outsourced platform as a service. So they provide the UI UX and the ongoing support like DevOps 
let's just call them tickets, like ticket level support to help you manage your infrastructure, right? With their level of expertise. So it seems like it'll have the UI UX elements of Heroku, which I need and I like because I, I hate I hate dealing with DevOps <laughs> in any kind of direct way. I don't want to get my hands dirty at all on that stuff. Um, but then enough of a human element, like a, you know, it's 500 bucks a month is what they're going to charge us to start uh, where for that 500 a month, we're getting um, a layer of service, if you will, which um, includes their product. So they're trying to productize as much of that as possible, of course, but it does include technical support and, you know, helping us answer questions, et cetera. So pretty excited about that because the other big, big piece is we have $50,000 in Amazon credits, AWS credits that we've never used, um, that we've gotten through incubators, accelerators, et cetera, uh, and, and investments. Um, we, we've taken investment where that's a, that's a perk and we've never been able to use it because we've been on Heroku. And so we, just applied for the Amazon Accelerator package or whatever it's called using this coupon code or this code that one of the accelerators gave us. And they said, do you want $100,000 in AWS credits over 12 months? It's insane. Or do you want $25,000 per year for the next two years? And so I went with that one because our Heroku bill right. has been roughly $2,500 a month lately. Um, but we're going to simplify our stack as we move to them. And that means that basically... 2,500. Yeah. 2,500. Well, maybe that's the problem with DigitalOcean. We, we pay 75. <laughs> Don't even know. I mean, that's like... That's not even one of our workers on... Yeah, on Heroku. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, maybe that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the way I look at it is we pay $2,500 a month and I didn't have to hire a CTO. So right. very, very cheap by comparison. Um, us Heroku addicts are very happy with spending as much as we do. But it also got the attention of Porter because the founder sort of knocked on my Twitter door and was like, how much are you spending with Heroku? Like you could shift that spend over here. And the better part is we went into AWS. We applied the, for this thing. I fill out the form. I held my breath. And then he got back to me within a couple of days and said, you're in. You're going to get your credits. So... We're dropping our That's like another 50k bill. of funding right there. Oh yeah. So we're dropping our hosting bill from thirty thousand a year to six thousand a year. Uh over the e for each of the next two years. So we are yeah. gonna save fifty thousand dollars on hosting over the next two years. That's which insane. is phenomenal. So that's that's runway, but even better, that's um that's fifty thousand dollars in in money that's in our bank account that we don't have to spend on hosting, which means I can spend it on a contract developer, a contract designer, sit on it <laughs> and and use it for runway purposes. So many options, right? It's great. So I can think of a lot of better I can think of many better things to do with fifty thousand dollars and than give it to give it to hosting. Um so mm -hmm. and I think our bill's gonna go down because we're going to as a part of this DevOps upgrade process, we are going to attempt to remove uh, Redis and Celery from our stack, which we're currently using for asynchronous processing. We've gotten the simulator fast enough and most people's models are fast enough that if we just go directly to, if the web server does the simulation work, then we don't have to, um, we don't have to queue it out to a worker and then we get to remove, which also means we get to remove pusher from our stack. I'm all about removing pieces from a stack. So any anytime I have fewer pieces in a stack, I'm super happy. So if we get rid of Redis and Celery and pusher, it's going to be great because it's a lot less web communication that has to happen, which means much higher likelihood that messages and data gets returned to the client. And with the with the speeds we're talking about, you know, a lot of models run in less than a second. The latency portion of that is not zero; like it's a good percentage of yeah. people's. So I think we can improve the user experience as well because they will send a request to the web server and it will immediately return 
the response data instead of again queuing it out to a worker the worker uses pusher to push the data using websocket to the client um I th so i think we're going to tighten up the entire stack and drop our costs at the same time and have these so i'm sitting here going this is great and oh by the way <clears throat> porter lets you auto scale at uh, a finer like using proactive so the only way you the way you auto scale using heroku is you have to have a medium or better instance which is are expensive so you can only scale the expensive ones product marketing brilliance on their part but also it's based on response times being slow like once response times reach a certain threshold you can, it will auto scale oh. porter has it where once load cpu utilization or memory utilization hits a certain threshold which could be 25%, 50%, 75%, whatever percentage you want it to be, it will auto scale. So as soon as we see that our, you know, web server who may now be doing this simulation work is busy um, because it passes a certain threshold, we can spin up more workers. And oh, by the way, we're only using one kind of instance now, which is both the web server and the simulator engine. So we can now just replicate you know horizontal scale the whole thing very cheaply like by comparison so that's sounds more like what we want to go to market with next year having kind of as the foundation of our infrastructure instead of kind of what we have now which has gotten us this far but is too it's overly complicated for you know what we what it could be um so i'm very excited it's all you've been in cto mode what's that you you've been in CTO mode. It sounds like. Yeah, I have been out of necessity because talking to vendors and thinking yeah. about scaling and yeah. costs. And... The cost savings are there. The right vendors showed up when I grumbled about Heroku on Twitter, and um, and for us, it's the right quarter to do it because we want to be really aggressive going to market next year, and I don't want to have to do this as we're onboarding hopefully hundreds of new users each month. Um, so now's the time to do it. And it just sounds, I love a stack that has fewer pieces or parts, you know, that just sounds really great. Cause then uh, the focus is going to be there. And, and for people of our, uh, for customers of ours that have larger models that take longer to run, we can uh, do one more thing on Porter that we can't do in Heroku, which is we can modify the timeout time. So we can set a two-minute timeout if we want to. And we're limited right now in Heroku to, I want to say 30 seconds is the timeout, which we never hit because we have this asynchronous approach to modeling. Even though some of our users have models that take a minute and a half to run, we've never hit that. But we can we can adjust that, actually. And who knows? Maybe there's even an upgraded tier of ours for people that have models that take longer to run. or what. Like We have lots of options that we can run at that point um but this feels this feels really feels like the right thing to work on in a q4 you know because then we can start next year <laughs> <laughs> like yeah really excited about the foundation um and That's uh cool. yeah last thing to their credit like the way they have this set up is it's a 500 to 1000 dollar one-time cost and they do the entire migration for you to their to their environment and set up so you wow. have to agree to the yeah you so for 500 bucks and they may raise it for other people to a thousand the thousand is their higher end but for at the moment for 500 dollars, i gave them you know signed an nda and handed them the credentials to github heroku and aws and they are going they are building an entire clone of our environment on their on their infrastructure and then we are on aws's infrastructure but using their know-how and sometime in the next couple of weeks they're going to share a url with us and we play with it and we check it out and we get to try it and if we if it works and we're satisfied with it we can just kind of treat it as staging for a while almost but then once we're happy with it we just point dns to that and the last piece is a database migration so we're, we're going to end up going from postgres you know in heroku to an rds with amazon so there will be a little bit of downtime to move our database over. We don't have a ton of data, fortunately, so it shouldn't be too slow. But um, but yeah, we flicked two switches at that point and we're on the new environment. So 
they're essentially hungry for customers and that is risky, but I'm also excited about the way we can evaluate it in isolation for a while. And it seems very low risk. And if, if Porter goes away, we have AWS. You still have everything in, in AWS, right? Yeah, we just lose our... Which is not going away. <laughs> yeah, which is not going away. So we just lose our team, our, our, our DevOps light team, basically, which is how we think of Heroku right now. Anyway, it's just so richly documented and has all these buttons that we don't talk to a human at the moment. But um, yeah, that's fine. Hopefully, I mean, they... I told them right at the beginning, I'm like, look, I'm very pragmatic when it comes to DevOps. I hate this stuff with a passion. I find very little value in it beyond just making sure it doesn't like not 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 working is about the best you can hope for out of an environment at this point. So like, don't try to wow me with cool features. I don't really care. I just want it to always work. Um, reliability yeah. is all I really care about. And they were quick to point out that they've got you know some Series B and Series A scaling startups using them that have you know they're in the millions and billions of records stage of their companies and like. It's working well. Why? Because it's AWS. So it's like, you know, so it's cool because I, I, I picture being able to turn to them and say like, hey, let's let's get AD, let's be in multiple availability zones. And they're like, cool, that's just an extra whatever per month. And it's like, great. Nobody yeah. on my team has to <laughs> has to figure out how to do that because it's zero value add to the customer other than making sure we have more uptime, which is I want to throw money at that problem. Um, <laughs> yeah. So might be something for you guys to check out. Um, since Our you... long-term plan is AWS again as well, but using Laravel uh, Vapor, mm. which is a serverless um, platform, I guess, built on top of AWS. So it's the same thing, like you bring your own AWS account. Okay. But their architecture is, is uh, entirely serverless. So... Um, it's mm. running on AWS Lambda. Okay. And uh, you can control everything from the Vapor UI. It's what mm. Fathom Analytics runs on. And they also have the the same thing that we do of like handling spikes, which is something we, we need to do as well. Huh? So right now, like the only thing we can do is like making sure our instance is big enough to handle spikes. Yeah. But... Uh, that's not a good long-term solution. So uh, we've known the entire time that we would need something like that eventually. But mm -hmm. it's just, we just knew that if we were going to spend months like trying to learn this new framework and and build on something we weren't super familiar with from the beginning, like it might, you know, it was more important to just launch something and see if people wanted it, <laughs> which mm. is, you know, how we, we approach everything. Um, and it's, it's it's fighting us a little bit now but that's fine like that's the trade-off you make it's like if it goes well you'll have to fix stuff <laughs> yeah of course we, we we've been talking about champagne problems lately and saying you know <laughs> customer support tickets because they subscribe over the weekend and then need help or you know people yeah. wishing we had the next next feature boy that feels good to have those yeah. <laughs> problems so uh yeah. kubernetes Por porter runs on kubernetes and Right. I, I will not say another word because I really beyond my um, DevOps pay grade beyond that. But um, yeah, we'll see. It, it's exciting. So that's our Q4 essentially. And that's um, <laughs> planned out and fleshing it out in linear at the moment. Um, and I chopped linear up into six week plus two week cooldown cycles. Uh, and it laid out really nicely for the next uh yeah, linear is great eight, so it is great i agree so it feels um yeah we've, we've shifted gears and um uh, i really yeah i'm really excited i appreciate everyone that listens to this podcast and uses summit too it's um more than one person who's either signed up become a customer has said you know this is this is how they learned about it so um yeah same for thank us. you guys yeah it's uh it's awesome i get a lot of in our onboarding survey Big fan of Auto Beta. Uh, yeah, I was excited to check this out. It's cool. <laughs> it's great, and it's a cool thing when you have a thing when you have a product that a lot of people can use. Like basically everyone who listens to this podcast could probably use Reform and Summit for something. Yeah. Um. Yep. I mean, who doesn't need forms ever? Yeah. And <laughs> even 
even if they don't have like a, they run their own business that they need to run with Summit, like maybe they can use it for personal finance and just use a free plan or something like that. But mm-hmm. yeah. everyone's got so some that's marketing. cool, I guess. <laughs> yeah, actually, it reminds me one, uh, speaking of friends of, uh, one last thought from me, uh, Arrows, uh, Daniel uh, Zarek and Benedict uh, Fritz, they their company, Arrows, they just launched a ebook, which is all about, a CEO's guide to onboarding. The reason I mention it is, first of all, I'm a fan fan of theirs and and um, and arrows. But they built a template in Summit that they included in the ebook, which is pretty exciting. That's awesome. So they are helping show the world their the ROI of faster onboarding by building a model in Summit that shows where you can adjust the number of days it takes to onboard somebody, and then the number of days it takes from then until they expand or upgrade their account so you get more revenue what was really fun with summit is that in a spreadsheet this would be hard to do but we were able to say maybe it's 30 days currently like what if it was 20 or what if it was 15 like that sub month compression and summit just took yeah. care of all the timing and the math it was really satisfying because then we nice. could show yeah it's like oh if we cut 10 days off of onboarding like that adds up by the end of a year you can make an extra nine or ten thousand dollars in cash because every month, like every three months, you gain a month of customers because you're compressing everything down, you know. And so, like, like it's like an accordion by yeah. like tightening everything up. <laughs> and they were trying to model that in a spreadsheet, and then we had this idea, like, hey, well, why don't we do something together? So, um, first example of a partner in the wild who built a template that is helping them, you know, share with their prospects and customers. So. Hopefully that's good for both. It's really members. awesome. Yeah, yeah. I need to check that out. And hey, when you uh, when Summit supports OEMBET, you can embed Summit boards in your reforms. Uh, my gears are already turning around. Oh. <laughs> around. <laughs> so embeddable Summit is in the it's in the roadmap for Q two of next year. So just so everyone knows. Yeah, you need to check out OEMBET. That's how the how we'll that be doing works. that for sure. Cool, man. Awesome. Shall we call it an episode? Catch you later. All right. Bye for now. Take care. Bye. Bye. <laughs>